0: Help me to make Kip your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, it is great. I mean, a blessing to be back with you live uh, to do this podcast. Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Nation. Hashtag Kip. Uh, I want to thank you guys that we have Uh, Hit over 5,000 downloads I haven't published it yet uh, On the uh, internet But I will shortly Uh, But you guys are doing a great job Sharing uh, this information And sharing this podcast With people around the world And I just want to say thank you For your collective engagement Listen Today It's kind of a unique day for me Um, It's It's I have a lot to say, uh, and I want to say it in a pint rather than a gallon, but I want to talk about church culture and relationship. And, and, and I, I don't want you to tune out before we even get started and say, oh, I want to hear this. I, I, think, I, I know it's a good topic. I know it'll bless you. I know it'll help you. And if it's not for you, then it is for someone else that you know. So, if you could stay tuned, just listen and uh, give me a few minutes of your time, I believe that God will uh, share some things that will assist you in your personal growth of God. Um, We all have a personal relationship with God, or at least should have, and um, these are some of my observations, not just recently, but down through the years, and some things that I've gone through and things that I see still happening today. So... Let's let's talk about church culture very quickly. And let me just say this: and I, to get into this subject matter, it is very easy to get engaged in a church culture and not be engaged with the Christ. Okay, there's church culture, and then there is Christ. Uh, what do I mean by that? I, I mean that there are many people today, and and you hear people who are disenfranchised from the church for whatever reason and they have a lot of negative things to say about the church but sometimes the rationale behind that is because of their uh, unequal alignment if you will for example if you're not saved and yet you're working in the church you are working essentially in the flesh without christ and if you do anything without christ it's bound to fail okay It is bound to fail. That's for those of us who are real believers who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You understand what I'm talking about. Um, He's the branch. Uh, uh, I mean, he is the uh, vine dresser. Uh, His father is the farmer. Uh, And if we are branches, if we don't abide in him, then we will not be successful in what we're doing. We can do nothing without him. Okay? But the point of the matter is, I want us to get to a a place where we understand that there's a difference between being involved in the culture of the church and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me talk about culture for a minute. Culture is a way or methodology of doing something that is wrapped in specific traditions and social mores of a community, the social norms of a community. Wikipedia gives us a Bible definition of social mores and what I would call societal norms, uh, mores are societal norms that are widely observed with a particular society or culture. Mores determine what is considered morally acceptable or unacceptable in any given culture. So, so watch this. You can be in a church and involve yourself with the work of the ministry. You can come on Sundays. You can sit and listen. You can participate um, on any any level, probably except for, you know, the ministerial level. But but what I'm saying is you are just engaged in the culture of the church. You are not engaged in the Christ of the church. And it is essential that we have Christ as our bedrock before we get engaged in the actual culture of the church okay so some of you in kip nation uh we used to hearing my voice in person and may have discerned that something uh may have been wrong that you know i used hearing me all the time and then all of a sudden you're hearing me in a, in a preaching capacity but that's not the normal format of uh this uh podcast so if you were discerning that something was wrong and you said prayers for me, I want to tell you thank you because um, you were correct. Um, I'm at, as a matter of fact, the change in format suggested to some to pray for me. And, and again, I thank you for your prayers. But for the last three weeks, uh, this is most horrific three weeks of my life uh, as I was stricken by that COVID-19 virus. But I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. I am going to do something with my wife and, and we'll share uh, when we do a Simply Us episode, uh, which a few of them are coming up soon. But um, I need you to know that the point of the matter is I have had plenty of time to reflect. I've been sitting around uh, as a Christian and a theologian on the uh, looking at the church and its culture And it's relationship to God. Just kind of, you can go on the internet now and you have full services or you have these little short clips. And these little short clips are usually charismatic in nature and they show people being slain in the spirit or showing people dancing or any of those kinds of things. And again, I have no problem with that. I have none, zero problem with that. You know, that is a part of the ministry of the church. But those kinds of things can overshadow, that culture can overshadow the Christ. And, and, And you can get in the church and be enamored by that and miss God, okay? So as a former pastor and critical thinker, I've been observing this, uh, again, like I said, on the internet, and uh, these are usually new churches or church plans or younger churches, but this information applies to any church um, where you need to uh, reshape the foundation of the church or reshape the culture of the church because the church uh, can't be grown on anything but the Word of God and the mandates of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I'm about to say is, is needed to cachete or despair or, but merely an observation. And then some statements to add balance to the charismatic experience and to enhance our experience as believers. Um, what I was noticing unilaterally across the, the internet was just a lot of churches with a lot of charismatic display as a major emphasis in their church as a major emphasis in other words if we don't have this then essentially we haven't fulfilled uh, the mandate of the gospel and that's not true you know there needs to be a time in our lives where we really focus on the study of the gospel so let me stop now and say i'm definitely not against the move, of god or the external display, charismatic or otherwise, of God moving in his service. You know, not at all. But I have some wisdom that I want to share as a founding pastor whose church will be 22 years old this November and is a viable and sustainable influence in his community. I picked up some valuable points of wisdom along the way of this 30-year journey. And the significance of me talking about the church that i co-founded is that over the last six years the church has continued numerical growth and physical uh physical growth multiplying the size of its original footprint by six times and yet i retired six years ago and have been blessed with the gift of apostolic succession two wonderful uh, pastors there pastor dex upshaw pastor lindsey upshaw a beautiful couple and family who've continued to engineer what i pioneered for 15 years Uh, the podcast is not about this apostolic succession. That, that's not what I want to talk about. However, there's a proper foundation that must be laid in order for a church plant or a traditional church to make transition from a traditional uh, to sustainable, uh, from a community monument to an active move of God, or from a church plant to a viable and influential church in the community. And I'm going to give you some tips and the two things that I'm going to say to you two very quick notes because this is can be a large long testimony or 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 teaching, but it's simply this: the power of a church can never be locked in the personality of its leader, nor can the power of the church be governed by the will of the people. You have two types of churches in in essence. Of course, they're denominational churches. You've got your Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, and so on and so on and so forth. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about churches that are personality-driven, driven by the personality of the leader. I'm talking about churches that are driven by the move of the congregation. Sometimes they're called congregational churches. But but the point of the matter is um, the congregation does not run a church, if you really think about it. Um, why do you have a pastor? who is the shepherd. Uh, So let's take that analogy, pastor, shepherd. So the sheep, the the members of the church are sheep. So what you're saying is, is that the sheep are leading the pastor around to greener pastures. That's essentially what that inverted authority looks like. So we have to be very careful how we govern our churches. And what's the main thing that I'm saying? You govern your church based on the word of God. And so if you govern it based on the word of God, then there's a man of God or a woman of God. God speaks to that man or woman of God. And that man and woman of God, of course, also has counsel, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And then they come up with a plan. And this plan is then followed by the people as part of the vision of the church. And the church begins to grow. But even before that, that too is church culture. There's still something else that needs to be put in place before we get to that, that point of movement. So let, let's go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. I, I think I talked about uh, the two quick notes. To watch this. The power of a church is in the collective agency of its members, Relationship to God What am I saying The power of a church Is when all of the people Understand that their first Allegiance is to God Mm -hmm. And then they automatically Understand that the pastor's been put there by God But that their First allegiance is to God Okay, So they are governed By their relationship with God Which is not necessarily governed by Sunday morning but it's governed by their study and their interaction with God in prayer uh, uh, and meditation or whatever it is that they are doing to make sure that they are staying connected to God during the course of a week. So then our relationship to God and having a clear understanding of his will, so our relationship to God, have a clear understanding of his will, that's what moves a church That's what shapes the foundation. So a church can have good music, good preaching, modern technology, and even an active ministry for community engagement and other wraparound ministries and services. But this will not sustain the church and its people. This is a a good church culture, but relationship with God is the anchor or the central focus of the church. So this culture will always look good from the outside. You have all of the bells and whistles and everything going on. It always makes the church look good from the other side. But always remember the church uh, collectively is judged by God based on the merits of its heart before it is judged on the merits of its work. Okay? The church is judged by the merits of its heart. God's going to look at our hearts before it looks at our work. So if our hearts are unclean, if we're in the church and we are participating in the culture of the church, and yet we have not developed a, a relationship with God that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, then automatically everything we're doing is a waste of time, all right? So then watch this. This is just a, an introduction, okay, to my concern, and I believe a burden on the heart of God for the church universal, particularly here in the United States. So I want to drop seven truths to get us started, down the right path. And I'm hoping that these uh, truths will set a stage or foundation for the development of God's work in the earth, uh, in churches across America. And I I hope this will help, okay? Number one, the church universal is made up of a group of people who honor the lordship of Jesus Christ and have repented of their sins in order to receive this lordship in their hearts They collectively agree and individually agree that Jesus is Lord. That's the strength of a church. When you have spent enough time as a pastor instructing your congregation on the foundation of the gospel, what does it mean to be saved? How do you lead other people to Jesus Christ? How do you maintain a salvific relationship with Jesus Christ? These kinds of things are critically important to the growth and sustainability of the church. This moment of salvation sets the course and allows us to declare that we are the church. So when we get saved, now we are the church, not the building, but the people that are contained in the building are the church. So number three is the church is not a building. The church is not a building. The church is a people, a called out people, okay? Number four, we are the members of the church, are sheep in God's pasture. We're sheep in God's pasture, okay? Number five, all sheep need a shepherd. And number six, all shepherds must be men and women of God after God's own heart. All shepherds must be men and women of God after God's own heart. And then number seven, because there's a burden of shepherdship, of being a pastor. Number seven, they must be willing to sacrifice their lives for the lives of the sheep and teach them proper doctrine and proper theology so that the church will have a proper relationship with the Father. That proper relationship becomes that strong foundation. And when the winds of life, whether it be church meetings and disagreements, whether it is COVID, cancer, or anything like that, that may cause division or strife or a sickness or whatever in the church, the church will be able to sustain itself Simply because the church is not based on its culture. It's not resting on uh, the personality of the pastor. It's not resting on the personality of the congregation. But it is structured and set in the lordship of Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for listening today. Uh, I hope I helped somebody. I hope that will um, give people a, a... a foundation and, and just an understanding of what it is the difference between church culture and relationship i love you guys I appreciate you look forward to hearing or spending time with you on next week god bless and i'll see you soon all right bye-bye